Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hear that podcast growling, mean and angry. Hear that couple shouting, it's Dinger and Jay. It's Dinger and Jay. All right, welcome into the latest edition of Hear That Podcast Ground. Paul Jr. and Jay Morrison of the athletic are here live in this live room and jay it was a busy day well it could have been busier it could have been longer it ended a little early um but yeah it was uh an eventful day um I'm I'm a little upset at myself for I, I ate the cheese. I believe that this was going to be a friendly, feel good joint practice, and yesterday was. Today clearly was not. No, today clearly was not. There is no doubt about it. Um, but we were there, and uh, it was it was quite a day. Now again, this was two days of joint practices, and to kind of. Help everyone to remember exactly what was uh, going on. We had 48 hours of Bengals and Rams, and the first 24 hours were great. Yeah, I mean, it was it was honestly one of the most polite uh, joint practices that I think you would ever see. Everything was very easygoing or very efficient. We we kept regarding how well it was going. I mean, it just it seemed like it was. Uh, a nice get together between two friends who were <laughs> hugging it out and uh, happy to be there. Um, but what ended up happening uh, the next day was was quite different. Although Jay, I ended up on the wrong field both days. Yeah, you took it on the chin on this one. You did both times. I mean, it should have been it should have been a situation where uh, where I was getting a good view, but and I actually did kind of. Uh, the first day, I ended up watching the offense, which is on a field that's kind of hard to see. You were watching the defense on the side that's much easier to watch. And then today, we ended up switching. So I think I'm going to be on the great field with the good view, and that's where all the action happens. But Jay, let's kind of let's start here. Um, let's go through what we know and what what we saw so that people who maybe only seen the video that surfaced that came out of the tent uh which was a friends and family tent is where that video that you've seen that's gone viral of aaron donald pulling off someone's helmet holding another helmet in his hand swinging it um in the direction of of Bengals players um and then thrown to the ground uh, but your your view of all of that and sort of the lead up to that, so we can kind of get everybody caught up to speed. So yeah, where now this is this is um, I don't know some supposition, but where the day started, they they did their individual drills and the first kind of any kind of competitive work um, after Indies was the 
the seven on sevens were going on down at the river. I was at the other end watching the O line go against the D line, the, the Bengals O line, the Rams D line. And Jonah wins his one on one. And Cordell Volson wins his one on one. And Ted Karras wins his one on one. Then Aaron Donald against Alex Kappa goes how you think that might go. And then Leonard Floyd just makes Lael Collins look like an undrafted rookie. I mean, he just, he just crushes him and gets right in on the, the, the guy that's standing there acting like the quarterback. He does it again um, uh, later in the drill. Don't know. We're not close enough to hear if anything was said. Um, our colleague Jordan Rodriguez at The Athletic, who covers the Rams, says there is a history between Floyd and Collins dating back to, to Floyd's days with the Bears. Who, who knows if that's what led to it? But uh, once they moved into 11-on-11s, there was a deep ball that Burrow, Burrow, the offense did not look good at all. But he finally hits a deep ball to Jamar Chase, and I'm watching Jamar Chase streak toward the end zone, and then I hear, oh, fight. And I look back, and there's a scrum, and Collins and Floyd are in the middle of it, and it gets broken up very quickly. Um, later in that 11-on-11 session, it happens again, and this time it's, it's a little more to it. And um, Collins ends up with a Rams helmet in his hand. I don't know if it was Floyd's, but it was some. It was a Rams helmet. He just kind of tosses it aside. Um, that was the last play. They go off to special teams drill. You figure everybody's gonna kind of get cooler heads and c- collect themselves. They come back. They run one running play in 11 on 11, no issue. Second running play in 11-11, all hell breaks loose. It's Collins and Floyd out on the edge throwing haymakers at each other, and it just devolves into everybody swarming in and a lot of punches being thrown, and then what you all see on the video with Aaron Donald taking someone's helmet and just uh, swinging it into the pile and uh, several times, and I heard a loud smack once. I don't know whose head he hit, but he landed it on top of a Bengals helmet at one point in that practice. So at that point, everybody sort of, you know, goes their separate way. They split them up. They shut the practice down, and they eventually leave. They said that Zach Taylor came over and talked to us afterwards and said that, look, we were in the last period. We probably had maybe three reps left, and he, you don't know. He could be fudging those numbers a little bit, but if they were in the last period, um, they just decided to just there's no reason to keep going. We got two days of work. Let's just end this. Everybody go their separate ways. So the offense went in. Some people stayed out on the field and did their, like, extra work, including Joe Burrow, who got some running in and other mm-hmm. stuff. No fight's going to stop him from getting his work in. Uh, but, you you know, so you, you saw them split up, and then all of a sudden there's Sean McVay and Zach Taylor, uh, Luana Rumo, all talking uh, afterwards a little bit. And it, it, I don't know if they were – Jay, my imagination says uh, probably getting their stories straight, uh, <laughs> figuring out what they want to do, and uh, what I think the – answer to what they wanted to do judging by zach taylor's comments which were quick brief to the point of look things happen tempers flared nobody's hurt we're just going to move on or let's not make any bigger deal of this than what it was you know because it was someone swinging a helmet (laughs) at other people which has caused issues before without doubt so but it seemed like that was pretty clearly 
their message. And Sean McVay and and Jordan had uh, you know was over there in that in that interview and you know was sort of saying some of the sim- some similar types of things there uh, to to what Zach Taylor was saying, but uh, a little bit more vocal than Zach was. Zach was keeping it pretty curt and and short whenever he was answering questions about that. Yeah, the troubling thing here is that the, the guy swinging the helmet, Aaron Donald, was what, not one of the original participants. You could see, I could see, if if that that part of it never happened, then you just kick Floyd and Collins out of practice and move on and keep going. And, and you're right, we don't know. Zach said there was three plays left. According to the schedule, there was more than 30 minutes left. But we've seen practice end early. If they feel like they've got enough work in, we've seen them. Um, cut practices off so maybe that was the plan just to run three more plays in 11s and wrap it up but technically practice was supposed to end at 4:15, and it there was still uh, more than a half hour before that time so i don't know that's that's what and the other thing too is where you had those two initial fights and then as i said they go off they do special teams and you would think the you know the law so to speak would be laid down that hey you guys knock it off we need to get this work in and for it to come back and second play in the next session, set it off again, far worse than anything that we'd seen before. I, I think that is troubling. Um, so I, Zach didn't seem as perturbed as, as um, what, what maybe Sean McVay sounded like in his post-practice press conference. But I'm sure neither one of those guys are happy because they, they we've seen it all summer. This happens at a lot of these joint practices, and there was this insistence that, we know each other. We have respect for each other. This is not going to be one of those type of things. And sure enough, it ends up being one of those type of things. Yeah, day two, the second day, hot and everything just kind of devolved. Important things to follow up on here at the end is people say, okay, so is anything going to happen here? Uh, that, you know, what is the league going to enter itself into this equation? Um, you know, we got the last time we saw somebody swing a helmet at somebody else. You got into the Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph situation that happened that had a six game fine definite suspension. I mean, there was there was obviously massive repercussions to that. Um, no, that does not appear that's going to be the case. Remember, these joint practices, the league relies on teams to regulate, and that includes anything that happens on them. You know, the NFL is not going to get involved into give us the videos, give us the tape. We're going to go through it, and we're going to we're going to make punishments. That's not the way they operate. That's that's not something they're going to do. So I wouldn't. Ex- I, the expectation is that nothing is going to come of this. Um, and and so from any sort of punishment standpoint, which is probably what you think about, and that's what ended up being really the message from both Taylor and McVeigh was nobody's hurt. Everybody seems to be healthy. You know, you don't want to see that, but everybody's healthy. We're all just going to move on. And I think that was their hope that this can be a fight that goes viral and people talk about and those pictures will live on from Sam Green, who if there's a fight in Cincinnati, uh, ever in Cincinnati sports, you know that Sam Green of the Inquirer is going to be there and have it. And he has that photo of Aaron Donald holding two Bengals helmets in his hand, staring everybody down. Uh, that's pretty good. And so it, you just know right then that if, if Sam's here, something's going to happen. Uh, but he nailed it. The expectation is that there's not going to be any punishment that's going to come from that. And I think that was whatever Everybody wanted to see and just move forward and let it be a viral moment and be done. 
Yeah, another thing I think that's, uh, I don't know if it's important to mention, but it, it, it for context and, and, you know, for people that cover the, or follow the team closely know this, but for others who are just kind of maybe popping in because they heard about the fight, you know, Lael Collins started camp on the non-football injury list. He, he didn't do any kind of 11-on-11 until that walkthrough on Friday. So his first, they talk all the time about easing these guys in. Well, you don't ease into a joint practice. His first taste of 11-on-11s is a joint practice against the world champions. And, you know, maybe maybe he took exception to to, to the way Floyd was, was working. I don't know. But nobody... None of the main participants in the fight talked after practice. So maybe this is something we'll have to wait till Saturday night after the game to, to get these guys and kind of get their side after they've got their story straight and cooled down. But um, I, I thought that was interesting that it was a guy that has not been through the wars of training camp. He's been off on the side and doing rehab work and really kind of taking it easy through most of camp. And then you, you get thrown literally into live action in a, in a practice against a very good defensive line. And you, you can see how this could descend into madness. And let's not forget, um, it was December, week 14. Yeah. Well, Collins was playing for Dallas and got ejected uh, in a game against Washington for uh, throwing punches with a Washington linebacker who had taken a late hit cheap shot they viewed on Dak Prescott. Now, that was kind of viewed as, hey, come to defense of your quarterback and mm-hmm. and a part of almost a selling point of Lil Collins of, you know, he's right, glass eaters, right? Take no <laughs> crap from anybody. But, um, you know, so th- it's not like there's no history of being willing to enter the fray, so to speak, in, in one of these. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, but and it's a shame that we end up this is what we end up talking about when there's two days of of important football for these two teams uh, to dive into. But, you know, that's that's what it always ends up being with these things, you know, and it's like at, at what point joint practices are great, like they're great work and they're ideal for what people want to get. But, um, you know, if you can't stop stuff like this from happening, how, how long are you going to continue to sign up for them is the question. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is on the coaches for not pulling those guys out after the second fight. The, the, the third one probably doesn't happen if that's the case. But again, it's Collins is a guy that needs work. So I'm sure there was a reluctance there of Zach to do that. Also, uh, you know, after the se- in the second one, Ashawn Robinson had had to be basically pulled out of the thing and was livid. I remember that was yeah. something from my angle I could actually see. That's a name that we hadn't really talked about. Who was in the middle of it, and he had no helmet on. So that it's to believe that potentially he was the person uh, that Lael Collins took his helmet off but you know there could have been a lot of things going on in the scrub it's hard without being right in there or having an overhead view or anything other than what we've seen to know for sure but you know here's what happens when you're in the second one in the second scrum and a helmet gets ripped off guess what there's going to be another one and you set the precedent of helmets getting ripped off and aaron donald was happy to uh to you know to go in those open floodgates yeah and i mean it's unfortunate because it that is an ugly Scene. Anytime you're you're swinging a helmet like that, you you can do some serious damage. They're, they're, like you said, there's guys without helmets. If he lands that helmet on a, a bare head, that it, it could be really bad. Even slamming a helmet on a helmeted head, there there could be uh, concussion or other other issues. So hopefully everyone came out of that okay. 
The good thing is none of these combatants are going to be playing Saturday night. Um, it, the, yes, the Rams are going to play the Bengals, but it's going to be all the second team. The, the, the second teams had no issue. It was all first team. And really, the field you were watching with the, the Bengals defense and the Rams offense, they were fine for two days. It was just this, this Bengals O-line, Rams D-line where all the trouble came from. Yeah, and that's where the personalities live, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so not not necessarily a huge surprise there. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We do want to take your questions here uh, and so try to get to those. So if you have a question that you want to come on and ask, just uh, go ahead and set yourself up in the, in the stage queue here and say you want to ask a question, get in line, and we will try to bring you up on stage. And please remember to try to unmute yourself uh, when we do call you up and ask your question, and we'll try to get to your answers. If you have other ones uh, that you want to just try to drop in the comments, we'll, we'll take a peek into those, too, if we're running out of questions or just want to kind of go back and forth, depending on how it goes. So let's uh, let's jump in here, and I see right here at the top of the queue is Aaron B. So we'll bring Aaron B. up onto the stage. Uh, how are we doing, Aaron? Uh, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Um, So I just wanted to ask you guys, I was looking at over the cap for next year. um, And why wouldn't they just tag Jesse Bates again? Um, And yeah, that's my, my, my only question. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Appreciate, appreciate the question, Aaron. Um, I'll start here. I just, I, I think both sides kind of went down this road. And both sides were willing to try to get a deal done, and both sides realized it's just not going to happen. I don't, I don't think the Bengals want to create that distraction, nor want to hold Jesse Bates back um, from going and, and getting his money in March. You know, and and they also cleared the decks. For Dax Hill to play, I, I think there's a chance that we see Von Bell back, and maybe who the hell knows, maybe even extended before the season starts, and you just go forward in that direction and let Bates go forward. I think this is sort of it feels like this was a bit of a under the table handshake here of come on back, play on the tag this year, and next year um, you can go and, and and go get your money and let's just try to go win a title together. It, to, that seems to be the way that this went down between both camps and kind of an agreement to try to just have one last ride. 
together. And I'm not going to say that they told him we won't tag you and next year at the extra number. Um, but I, I really don't think that went up in the case. Yeah. And as much as the, the Bengals players came out in support of Jesse Bates this year, it, it, it wasn't a, an us versus them type of thing with players versus front office. I think that might change a little bit next year. They, they understood what this was, but it, I, I think that would kind of be viewed as, uh, doing Jesse dirty, so to speak, by tagging him again next year. And I just, I, I, that's not how the Bengals operate. I, as Paul said, this was kind of a, an understanding that one more ride, let, let, they're going to go see if they can do something special this year. And then Jesse's going to make his money elsewhere and they're going to move forward Dax Hill as they're starting free safety. Yeah, uh, totally agree. Let's go uh, next in line here and uh, bring Tom B up onto the stage. Tom B, how are we doing? Hey, guys. Uh, fight question for you. Sure. If you had to pick somebody on the Bengals to fight Aaron Donald, who do you think would have the best chance? <laughs> oh, that's a good that's a good question, Tom. Um, I mean, I, it might be the guy who did, right? I mean, you have to give consideration to people who are big enough and have history and aren't going to be afraid because I would be very afraid, uh, especially if he was holding two helmets in his hands. Uh, yeah, it might be Collins. I mean, it might be the guy who did just because of uh, – his his history and propensity for being in scraps. Who has a wrestling background on this team? Because every fight ends up on the ground, and, and you're not you're going to fight Aaron ground, Aaron Donald on the ground anyhow because he's short. You're not going to get leverage on him. Uh, you might have a longer reach, but that, it's going to end up on the ground. Somebody that's got wrestling skills and the ability to put a move on a guy, and um, I'm not sure who that is. I'm not sure all these guys' background. Some of them had to have been good wrestlers in high school. Um, so, but I, I don't know if anybody's going to sign up for that fight. No, no, that's not a site. That is not a fight that you, uh, you sign up for at all. Uh, we need Tommy fam and his like jujitsu background, right? In the dojo. Yeah. That's what you need. Yeah. When you know that stuff, it doesn't matter what size you are. The, the, the that technical skill of MMA fighting little guys whip big guys all the time. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I want nothing to do with it. I just, I want zero to do with it. Let's go uh, next in line here and uh, Eric H up onto the stage. How are we doing, Eric? Yeah, good. How you doing? Can you hear me? Good. Yes. Yeah, great. So it sounded like the offense and defense had a rough few days uh, as far as performance goes. Um, I wondered if you could comment on that, and and then secondly, what do you think about Joe, the zip on Joe Burrow's ball? Did it look pretty good, or do you think like he lost some velocity? from the appendectomy. Yeah. Uh, really, really great questions. Um, let's start, Jay. I'll just kind of, I'm going to start generally with, you know, cause I think the Bengals offense was struggling at times and, and, and sloppy. Um, yeah, they had their moments. Certainly. Uh, it wasn't a, a total loss yesterday. I thought they definitely had moments where they looked okay. Um, but as a whole, and then today, Jay, you watched them closer today. Uh, I watched them yesterday. They struggled a bit again today, right, Jay? 
Uh, yeah, quite a bit. And, and his velocity was down because he was making every throw on the run. He was running away from pressure and scrambling out and doing his point where trying to make something happen off script. It was the, the O-line was getting beat. The receivers weren't getting open. It was, it was a really rough day for, for the Bengals offense, which is a, another casualty of this fight because we saw that the defense start so poorly yesterday and really rebound and finish the day strong. And, Okay, if, if Zach Taylor's right and there was only three plays left, they weren't going to have much of a chance to, to have a rebound. But still, they, I'm sure they would have liked to have put three good plays together at the end to kind of end that practice on a, on a better note the way the defense did yesterday. But, um, yeah, it was, it was tough sledding. There was, uh, there was a ball that went off T. E. Higgins' hands. There were some passes that missed badly that, that you're not used to seeing Joe Burrow miss. I mean, if, if it's incomplete, it's still in the vicinity. And there were, there were some, some high ones, some wide ones that, that really had no shot of being completed. It was, it was kind of surprising how bad they did look today. Ramsey had an interception today, right, Jay? He did. Yes. It was, uh, off of a deflection, if I remember right. It was the Fad Moss. Yeah. They went off Fad Moss's hands and it, that was the final play before they went to, special teams supposedly to cool down um and, and of course that's not how it happened um so i want to talk about the defense though um you know you mentioned jay they started a little slow um yesterday but came up pretty big at the end and, and played really well had a couple of interceptions in the two-minute drill and then I today, you know, I thought played really well. I mean, there there were a number of reps where Cheeto had Cooper Cup just blanketed, um, or you know, Stafford was having trouble completing balls. Certainly not down the field in the coverage. There were PBUs. I mean, the the Bengals defense today played really, really well. And I thought it was interesting comments afterwards. You know, Sean McVay was basically said. Man, after these two days, I can tell you this: that Bengals defense is going to be really good this year. Paraphrasing him, yeah. um, but he, he was really complimentary and just saying, "They got they just so many things they can do to you, and they're so efficient in understanding what you're trying to do." And you know, I've been I've been talking a lot with with players and people in the locker room, and, and there's a lot of momentum and I about how good this defense is going to be this year. And I thought if there's a takeaway for me. Uh, from these two days, the big one would be, I, I, I'm more resolute than ever than I think this defense is going to be really good. And that could be, that can change quickly and, and you can get into a season and things are somehow very different than what you thought they looked like in camp. Um, but gosh, every sign points to this defense really picking up right where they left off last year. And, and I think these two days solidified that for me. Yeah, and oh, by the way, one of their best players didn't participate at all. I mean, Jesse Bates did individual drills, but he wasn't out there on the field. Um, I, I thought it was interesting what Awuzie said yesterday, where he's never participated in joint practices. And I don't know if any of the guys that came from other teams have, but none of the Bengals guys that have, have been here in the Zach Taylor era have done it. And he was kind of caught off guard. They, they do 15 minutes of individual drills, and then, bam, you're right into competitive work. And that's not the way it works in a normal practice. You, there's some special teams early, and you really kind of ease into it. And it was. they The Rams completed their first 19 passes on that defense yesterday, but they weren't down the field type of passes. They were a lot of swings, screens, check downs, those type of things. They were going tempo. I think that caught the Bengals off guard. But you're right. The way they bounced back yesterday and how they look today – um, again, I, I, I 
don't think it's crazy to think that this can be a top five defense this year. I agree. I, I agree. I mean, they were they were eighth last year in points mm-hmm. allowed per drive in the regular season, and that was before their their turnover bender happened late in the year. I mean, they were somewhere between tenth and twelfth, and a lot of the other you know EPA whatever stat you were looking at for defense. I mean, and they bring everybody back. They've got this continuity. They're adding in Dax Hill and some of the other young pieces uh, that can give them, uh, you know, a lot of flexibility. They can build on that scheme. They can build on the exotic stuff that they were doing last year and, and have even more of a mastery of it. Um, and, and it's going to be really exciting to see how they deploy the three safety looks and all that stuff. So it's, it, yeah, I, I come away continue, even, even more strongly believing that I, I think this defense is just so slept on and going to be a big reason this team, um, can win a lot of games outside of the obvious headlines that Burrow and the receivers are always getting. Um, all right. Let's go next and, uh, let's bring David H up onto the stage. See if we can get David H up on here. And I know Philip, I think I saw you showed up again, uh, before after being gone. So hopefully we can work some of the, uh, glitches out here. I don't see David H up on the stage yet. I think it's, we're getting a little bit of a delay perhaps. Yeah. He may pop up late like Philip did. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. We, we may have to, uh, take a break from this and move over to uh, some questions here in the chat, Jay. So let me try to swing down into the chat and see what questions we can find uh, on here. Let's see. Let's see. We've got, let's go to Jeremiah K's question with the stadium renovation plans. There's no mention of a Bengals museum like the Reds have. Is there a reason with all the history of Paul Brown and three FC championship trophies uh, to display? Yeah, you know, I don't think that's ever really been mentioned in their plans. And, and you know, they don't I, – I feel like it would have to be part of a major renovation if you if you would, if you you redid all of your, your front offices and things like that. And that is, as far as I know, is not going to be part of the plans, even for the new facility in five years uh, that they're going to put up there in on the Hilltop site. Um you know, I just don't. I just don't think that they've. You know, they, they're they're lucky to just have gotten this ring of honor going. So I think going yeah. going any further than this is just not somewhere that they've that that maybe would be far down the line. Uh, but you know, it's just never really been anything that's interested them. And I think Elizabeth Blackburn has been kind of trying to take baby steps with chipping off one at a time, and maybe down the line it happens. But for now, I think they're just trying to keep the current things they have going going. I mean, you almost have to have a Lombardi trophy to have a Hall of Fame, don't you? Yeah, yeah that would help as a, as a centerpiece figure. There's no <laughs> doubt. Uh, <laughs> there is no doubt. Um, all right, let's go for another one from the comments here and try to drop this in. Let's see. Um, let me go in here. Who of the two groups won the team practices the past couple of days? Cincinnati wide receivers versus LA DBs. No. Or LA wide receivers versus Cincinnati and LA wide receivers versus Cincinnati DBs. Jay, you take the uh, Cincinnati offense and I'll take the Cincinnati defense aspect of that. That's from Stephen M. Yeah. I mean, again, it was kind of shortened today. It, they're just, it was, 
it was a no contest. If you're talking about today, there was there was the one deep ball uh, to Jamar Chase where um, Joe Burrow has talked about that, where if he gets the one on one look that if he gets his guys one on one, he's going to throw it. And that's what happened. And he hit it. And it was Jamar. It wasn't Ramsey. It was another DB. I honestly I don't have my notes here in front of me. I can't remember which one it was, but it was it was an easy long touchdown. I mean, Jamar was way behind the DB. Beyond that, it was, it was again, it was not pretty. There was, they, they were not getting open, um, and and Joe Burrow was not able to stand in the pocket. He was constantly on the run, uh, trying to make plays happen off script. So that that one was easy. That was uh, the the Rams DBs easily won that. Now I, you saw more of it yesterday, but just based on what I saw today, watching the the Bengals wide receivers against Rams DB, no contest. Yeah, you know the Bengals wide receivers certainly had had some moments yesterday. I mean, there was, you know, I was, there was a number of plays, particularly in the red zone where they were successful, where you saw, man, you saw chase was just covered or blanketed and then boom, Tyler Boyd would pop open or T Higgins would pop open. They didn't really have much that they got down the field. They had a really nice deep in um, kind of a post actually to chase between the safety and the corner that, you know, if it had been live, would he have broken the one tackle that would have been right there and take it to the house? Mm-hmm. I've seen it before, that's for sure, where it could have been really an explosive play. But for the most part, there wasn't anything that felt explosive. It felt like they were they were, they were grinding there. On the other side, yeah, I mean, you know, Stafford to Cup was Stafford to Cup many times, but you know, I, I think you'd probably on the whole give the win from what I saw today to to the Bengals DBs. Um you know, they just they had a lot of really, really good moments. God, Dax Hill just always seemed to find himself in good position for the most part. And that continues to be a good sign where, you know, not just when he's out there as the first round pick with a bunch of twos on the field or whatever. I mean, Rams ones trying to take shots down the field. Um, Dax Hill looked good there, too. So I I'll get I probably will give it to the Bengals DBs, but you probably could coin flip that thing. I mean, everybody kind of that's the thing. It's hard to judge in these practices because everybody kind of has a moment here or a moment there. But as, as a whole, um, maybe maybe like 55, 45 Bengals DBs if we're, if we're judging it that way. Yeah, I mean, yesterday there were quite a few in red zone, uh, a lot of uh, quite a few touchdowns from Stafford to Cup and to other receivers. And um, none of them were gimmies. There was, it, I, I could see where maybe the Bengals DBs would be frustrated because there was Mike Hilton, great coverage on Cooper Cup, and, and Matthew, Matthew Stafford puts it the only place he can for the touchdown. Very next play, same thing with a on Cup. It's just you're dealing with elite guys, and uh, sometimes great coverage isn't enough when you're going against guys like that. And I do think the way they rebounded and, and won the day yesterday, and then what you saw, to, they're not rebounded yesterday and then what you saw from them today that i would agree with that slight edge to the bengals dbs all right let's just take a quick break all right i want to try to get back to the questions we've got a little bit more time left try to crack through a few of these and make the people particularly philip r we've tried multiple times we got to get this guy on stage we got to make this happen let's let's see if we can't make it happen philip you with me i'm here i'm here thanks for uh thanks for trying again Awesome. No problem. What you got? Uh, I was just curious it, in terms of uh, I'm just the, the eternal pessimist that in terms of like areas of concern, obviously the offensive line is number one and we don't even need to get into that. But I, I, if you were to go one or number two, would it be, you know, D line opposite Trey? Is it 
all of a sudden quarterback cornerback with Eli going down and then Cam Taylor Britt being out for what I think will end up being middle of October. Like that just seems kind of how they're talking about it. But what is area con- of concern number two for you guys? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it, it's, it's a far drop off from the O-line. Um, I, I, I'm actually pretty encouraged by what I've seen from that D line, the, the young kids, they look great yesterday. Um, Sam Hubbard is who he is. Um, we, we, they, we really still haven't seen Joseph Osai unleashed. Um, so I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about that, that D line. So I, I think I'm with you, uh, cornerback depth and then, um, punter. I mean, we still don't, it's not it doesn't win games but it can lose games and it feels like drew chrisman is gonna be the guy and um that i mean that's just a rook, he's not a rookie but he would be a first year punter and you, you just wonder about that and and he's gonna be hold, doing the holding too and he's he hasn't had any bobbles yet but game-winning field goal of all slips through his hand it's just it's it's not so much doubt and whether drew chrisman can do it it's just the unknown you've had kevin huber such a solid rock all these years and if a change is made um then i I think that there has to be a little concern until chrisman proves that he can be a reliable factor yeah i think you got to talk about cornerback depth and and if i was sitting here talking about who is going to be this year's billy price for bj hill trade i think cornerback would be what they'd be targeting you know i think that that fourth fifth corner who knows what the heck is going on going to end up going on with cam taylor Britt if they're going to go ir return pulling them through the 53 to guarantees out the first three weeks certainly that would not be surprising in the least um and, and even then what are you getting in cam taylor Britt when he shows up we don't know we just don't know. I don't know the, how much you can count on. This feels like something that's just going to totally derail his entire first year. And so if you can't count on that, we're talking about Trey Flowers, who got cut midseason by Seattle last year behind Eli Apple as your fourth corner. At some point, you're going to need that fourth corner. That fourth corner is going to play. They always do. And, and what else do you have? We're talking about Alan George. You know, To me, I turn it over to this. And... and <laughs> I, I think I want to see in practice Dax Hill try it uh, because if, if you're talking about somebody, you're either going to be getting off the street. Maybe you can get somebody decent in a trade, uh, but I wouldn't mind if I'm going to have Jesse Bates back there anyway, maybe seeing what exactly Dax Hill could have at the outside, how quickly he could pick something like that up. Because at some point, if you end up in an injury situation there, I think he would be your best option, even though he's never really done it on this level before or, or even at the college level, but he has the physical set to do it. I think they're open to it. I think they were open to it more down the line, but mm-hmm. you know, there's a possibility that when you end up in a pinch, you end up having to do things now that you thought you were going to be doing down the line. So I mentioned that, and then I think tight end, I mean, they just don't, they don't have anybody who looks like Hayden Hurst or can do anything remotely like Hayden Hurst. Uh, they have Drew Sample. When he comes back, I think he'll be back. You know, it was Mitchell Wilcox. I mean, the back of that room it continues to be thin in an area you could see them target. And I think you'd have concern about if anything happened to Hurst. They just they don't have any kind of receiving weapon if anything happens to Hurst. So I'd probably uh, I'd probably start there. 
Yeah, and and I I am high on Hayden Hurst, but you're right. If you're talking about the depth behind him in the event of something bad happened, that that is a major concern. I, I think tight end depth is in worse shape than than cornerback depth is, because I, I do. I, I think Dax Hill could get up to speed pretty quickly. And w- would you rather have a a Dax Hill learning to play outside corner or an Alan George or Jalen Davis who played corner all their life having to fill into one of those spots? Yeah, uh, let, we got time for just a couple of more. We got to get out of here. So let's uh, let's try again since we tried and failed to bring David <laughs> H uh, up onto the stage. David, how you doing? Good, guys. Thanks for letting me uh, join in on the conversation. No problem. Yeah. Um, and just mad respect to you guys. I think what you guys do are great, especially uh, no offense, Jay, but Paul being a fellow Molar grad. Oh, <laughs> There we go. Mad respect. Like that. Go Crusaders. There you go. Hey, uh, my question was a couple weeks ago, I was listening to the pregame show with Chick and Tim McGee on there, and McGee came out and he said there's absolutely no chance that T. Higgins re-signs when his contract's up. And I just kind of find that hard to believe. I think, you know, I just kind of want to get your guys' take on what you guys, how you guys feel that that could possibly come about. Uh that's a great question. I expect nothing less from a strong man of Moeller. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, we talked about this, and we talked about this when uh, we did our player drafts. Jay, we, God, whatever that was, June, July, feels like years ago. Um, and the T. Higgins question is the most interesting because here's the thing. I go back, and you listen to Mike Brown. He'll tell you. Just listen to what he says. He's not going to lie to you. When he was talking about and asked about Bates for the season, he said, we've got these contracts coming. We've got our quarterback. We've got our wide receivers. That was plural. That was not quarterback, wide receiver, you know, one at the top of the market. I, I think if you're reading the tea leaves and, and maybe it's part of the Jesse Bates conversation, it certainly has to be, is that they would like to keep Burrow, Higgins, Chase, all together. I, I I don't know if that is advisable. I don't know if paying twenty five million or whatever it's gonna take to get T. Higgins and oh by the way, lining up for another scrap with David Mogulet in the process, um, his agent who's the same as Jesse Bates's, is something that they should be doing rather than just focus on paying Burrow, paying Chase, getting the next young guy to help you know, to be the next next first-round pick, the next 31st overall receiver, you know, and, and continuing to turn that room over. You see that happening across the league as those guys who are about to get paid that big money get traded. And usually there's a young guy that comes in and tries to take it over and just cycling that position as it goes goes nuts. I mean, I think it's something you should be considering. But I know listening to the way they talk, I, I think that they have their eyes on keeping all those big three together. I certainly would say there's – that's crazy to say there's no chance – that T. Higgins gets another contract. Um, that's definitely in play, and I think their eyes are on it. But it all starts with getting number nine done, and then they can go from there. But I, I think it's all definitely on the radar for them. The idea of having – I mean, you could end up having, you know, once you, if you're around $50 million per year on average annual value for Burrow, 25 for Higgins, and 30-plus for Chase when he comes up, having all three of those guys – on the books together, over a hundred million plus in possible contract value just in those three. Um, 
you know, but that's the going rate. Uh, well, take the financials out of it. The other piece of this is the ball in T. Higgins' court. Is he going to be content with being, I don't know if you want to say second fiddle, but clearly Jamar is the number one. And is he going to be content, you know, kind of playing Robin to Jamar's Batman here in Cincinnati? Or is he going to want to go somewhere where he can be a true number one? Um, this kind of came up a couple years ago, and Tyler Boyd, was like absolutely. I'll, I want to come back here. I'm. I'm I'll sign. I, I'm. I'm happy playing with AJ Green and and kind of being the the second fiddle to him. And not all guys are built that way. So it it, it it's not just the interest on the Bengals side of keeping T Higgins here. That a big piece of this is going to be whether T Higgins wants to go be a star. He not a star. He'll be a star here, but wants to go be the guy on another offense. Uh, it's very, very reminiscent of somebody who wasn't built that way, and that was Marvin Jones. Yeah. Same exact situation happened. He was not willing to sit here and be Robin to A.J. Green's Batman. He wanted to go somewhere where he felt like he could be a number one, even though really he was just a really good number two. And there was yeah. no shame of that, and there was no shame in saying that's what you wanted. And when Calvin Johnson retired, he thought he could go be the number one in Detroit. It didn't quite turn out that way, but he's had a great career, and there's no shame in it. Uh, you can you can handle that and, and choose to approach it however you want to. Uh, I, I can tell you this. I mean, if if the Bengals were going to give him a big number, I, I think he'd happily come here and play. Um, yeah. But it, that's going to be a hairy situation, and it's hard this far out to say specifically what it'll end up looking like. Um, all right, let's try to get just a couple of more in and get out of here. And Natasha B, I see from Hawaii, who has to love our uh-huh. late start time, Jay. Uh, is is in the room, so we'll get Lunch her in a time. second. I want to get uh, bring Jim T up here first. Jim, how you doing? Um, really, just kind of wanted to hear, I guess your all's general sentiment on um, maybe perhaps if there's a worry level uh, we should feel going into the regular season. You know, as far as the O line, I mean, these were the first reps they've taken together on, on eleven on eleven and. Uh, you know, seemingly the last the last real game reps they're going to get before September 11th. So just wanted to hear what your guys uh, kind of level of concern may be there, um, you know, heading into the season. Yeah, um, I, I think um, I think the thing that I would say is, you know, they're veteran guys. I mean, Karras and, and Kappa. Even Collins is a bit of a wild card, obviously. Uh, I mean, these are veteran players, and, and I think you have a feeling for what they can be. You never really know until they get out there and gel together. But you, know, you say no reps. I mean, they're going up against this Bengals defensive front every day. They've been going, they went at it really hard last week. Um, and, and that's pretty good work, too. Um, so I, I, yeah, there's concern. I mean, you're probably going to have a fourth round rookie at left guard, but at least you have four veterans surrounding him. And I think it makes it a little less overwhelming, uh, than it could be. And so I think there's concern there some just because you've never seen it, but I certainly feel like it's, there's no way it's going to be looking like it did last year when you consider the the veterans and just knowing who they are, uh, having seen enough of them on tape but between all the new pieces uh, and Jonah coming back. So I, my my concern level isn't super high. I, I I think it'll be improved. We don't. It's hard to say what the ceiling is. Maybe they could be really good, but I say, I certainly don't see it looking anything like it did last year, and that should be, you know, more than enough. 
you know what helps a bunch of guys like that come together in jail? Getting in a brawl with another team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that could be a I mean, obviously, I know you're talking about X's and O's type of chemistry and coming together, but um, this, this, that could be a, a side effect. It's not like these guys were fractured anyway, anyhow, but these kind of things do have a way of bringing, bringing guys together and tighter. And, um, it's, I'm with Paul. I'm not as concerned, uh, at going as I was going into last year's opener. We, we know the track record, a lot of these guys. Um, and again, the, as, as rough as it looked at times last year, the Bengals still found ways to win games. I don't think it's going to look like that this year. It may take a little time before it looks like everybody wants it to look, but it's not going to be what we saw in the Super Bowl and what we saw in the Tennessee game and, and some of those other ones where Joe Burrow was just running for his life. Yeah. Uh, let's try to wrap this up real quick. Let's bring Carson B up onto the stage and try to get uh, his question on, and then we'll get to Natasha on deck after that if I can get Carson up. There is – a little bit of lag trying to get these things through sometimes, so we'll do our best. Carson, I'm not seeing you up here on stage, so don't, maybe you're stuck in cyberspace forever. Um, let's just skip over that and wrap Tough this up. Tough for bring, a Bengals fan. Let's bring uh, Natasha. Oh, Let's bring Natasha B. up onto the stage. Natasha, how's Hawaii? Beautiful as ever. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Great. Am I hearing waves or is that road? <laughs> that's that's a road. You changed uh, the time on me. I'm not at the beach. I'm really sorry. But, it's, it's disappointing, and, but we'll we'll, we'll let we'll you go you. anyway. All right, thanks. Um, Jim kind of touched on my question, and I don't mean to belabor the point with the offensive line, but I was just kind of curious specifically how Volson and Collins have looked in these practices, just doing their job, all melees aside, because. We haven't seen too much of Collins at all and just kind of wondering how Bolton plays against, you know, the best in the league. And also, just a quick follow-up, if you think they're going to keep six or seven wide receivers. Good questions as always, Natasha. Always great hearing from uh, Hawaii. Hopefully in our next live room we'll see you again. Um, I'll start with this. I mean, Bolton – I mean, he had some moments that people have against Aaron Donald. There is no question. He had some some rough moments in going in one-on-ones, and a lot of guys had that. I think everybody kind of took a chance, took their turn getting run up, run up on by Donald and them when, when you got into one-on-ones and, and things like that. And, but, you know, I still think across the board, his general consistency and reliability and coachability – which has been referenced many times by many people who make these decisions um, has stood out. And it feels like, I mean, I I think it's obvious at this point, that's the direction they're going to go. And and because they feel like he has, he has been styled enough and the, the swings, the bad misses have not, been there so much there's there's been an incidents here and there and he needs to get better because he's still a rookie but um he's held up his own and i thought he had he's had more than his fair share of good moments and saw was solid enough uh in these practices from what i saw so yeah i'm, I'm okay with volson at this point i think yeah i i it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't even play saturday yeah. If, if the decision's made and they just let Jackson Carmen go out there, get get some reps to work there. As far as the the Collins part, I I didn't think he looked very good at all today. It was in those one on ones. It wasn't just getting beat, but he just didn't look like he had his balance. He didn't look like like he had his strength. He just he didn't look like an elite right tackle. Yeah, yes, you're going against um, a very good 
uh, top tier D line, but um, he he hasn't looked good. But again, second practice of live eleven on eleven, you, you, it's just that's a really tough spot to jump in after being out this long. And the the six or seven question, I mean, it's it, it's a really good one because we we've talked about this last five years they've kept seven, but this could be the year where it is six. And you've got the whole roster gymnastics that Paul mentioned, where Cam Taylor Britt is going to be on that fifty three. Possibly the next day they put him on IR to create a roster spot, and then maybe that's when they bring back either a Kendrick Pryor or a Kwame Lasseter if they feel like they need seven receivers. And we still don't know. I mean, right now the the punt return job is Trent Taylor's, but Kwame Lasseter hasn't had a chance. Remember when Alex Erickson won the job, it was because of the the plays he made in the preseason. If if Kwame Lasseter gets a couple chances to return punts Saturday night against the Rams – because he's had chances in the past, but the punts have been shanked, and he hasn't been able to return them. If he can actually return a couple punts and looks good, then I, I think that changes the whole dynamic. Every it's it's really fluid right now. Where that that back end, the the last four, five, well, I say three or four moving pieces. Yeah, I mean they they would like to have a more dynamic punt returner than Trent Taylor. They'd like to yep. if somebody like that showed up on the wire. They'd be interested. If there was an availability to acquire somebody like that at some kind of a trade, they'd be interested. Um, but, you know, I, I still, I just don't see anybody on this roster that they're worried someone's going to pluck. Even Kendrick Pryor having his moments. I mean, I, is there, I just don't see that concern. I think they have their six and it, it ends up at seven if there's some other weird thing that comes into play. But I think they're happy and content and feel like they'll definitely be able to get Pryor and Lasseter onto their practice squad and maybe get called up at some point. I mean, that's the way it typically goes. But uh, for now, I, I, it does feel like six and they can use that extra spot somewhere else, whether it be to hold on a Travion Williams as a fourth running back or, or maybe some depth at a different position or keep an extra young guy, whatever that is. Um, I, you, you can use that for flexibility elsewhere. So, all right, Jay, we went, we went long today, longer than normal, but there was a, you know, a couple of things to talk about. So we had to uh, wrap it up. Thanks to everybody for listening to the live room. Uh, and we will be back of course, with uh, the walkout after the game on Saturday night uh, to kind of wrap things up and we'll look ahead to the 53 cut. And uh, then we're off to the season. Jay, it feels like the season officially started these last couple of days. Everybody's here. Everybody's reported. We've had a major melee and everybody, Everybody is uh everybody's ready to go. It feels like it's all starting for real. So we're it's good good to be in that zone. Yeah, I wish we could start next Sunday instead of two Sundays. It's true. That's right. More time to fill the space with our voices, which is great. All right, thanks everybody for uh for listening and uh we will talk to you next time. Have a good one everybody.